Since God, our Heavenly Father, is all-merciful, all-loving, He always goes out in search of the lost, placing us on His shoulders, bringing us back to Himself. Here's a question. Is there hope for Judas? Welcome, friends. My name is Father Alan, and this is Ground and Found. that certainly would have caught your attention. <laughs> Is there hope for Judas? We're continuing to go through the Gospel of Luke in our Lenten series here, this ground and found Bible study. And Luke tells us that Judas was one of the 12 apostles chosen by the Lord. He was the only non-Galilean coming from Judah. And so he was an outsider, different place of origin, different mindset. He had no experience of life in Galilee, no experience of fishing for a living. He is perpetually associated with the betrayal of Jesus, selling him to the high priest and also greeting him with a kiss in the Garden of Gethsemane. He took the 30 pieces of silver that were offered to him, money that came from the temple that was meant to be used to purchase sacrifices. And 30 pieces of silver was the rate to purchase a slave in the time of Jesus. Interestingly enough, he was offered an opportunity to repent. At the Last Supper, Jesus offered him a piece of bread dipped into the chalice. And that is a sign of profound fellowship an offering of intimate personal connection of the Lord is already like reaching out to him. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss, identifying him to the authorities. And the Lord refers to Judas as friend. Interestingly enough, it's in Luke's gospel that that term friend is used more often than in any other gospel. When I know that Jesus is my friend, everything changes. So the Lord is, at the end, even giving Judas an opportunity to return uh, to him. But later, unfortunately, out of desperation, out of profound despair, he went and hanged himself. But I'm just wondering, and I'm just wondering here, I'm not declaring anything about the state of Judas's soul. I'm just wondering. Much of what I'm talking about does come from Father Rembeck's a book, Hope for Judas, and the questions that that book stirred up in my own heart about the mercy of, of God. But the church has declared over the centuries many thousands of women and men to be definitively in heaven, to be saints. But the church has never declared that anyone by name is eternally damned, eternally separated from the presence, the mercy, the love power and the peace of God. Now, the reality of hell is true. It does exist. It is eternal separation from God. We, by our own decisions, our own actions, choose eternal separation from God. For those of us who are striving to follow the Lord, that might seem very difficult to understand. Like, why would someone, even in the face of eternal separation from God, not choose the mercy of God? Why would someone again, confronted with the eternal reality of being isolated from God, choose not to let go of certain things in their life or to ask for forgiveness, that in, th that, that's a mystery. That is an entire mystery that I just leave up to the understanding 
uh, and the comprehension of, of, of God. But it is a true reality that there are individuals who choose hell, who choose eternal separation from God over God. Anyway, the mercy of God is incredible. It's, it's mercy. It's mercy, 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 mercy. And no one is beyond the reach of God. But yet God does respect our free will. He will come to any one of us who cry out to him. There are many examples of deathbed conversions. So again, is there hope for Judas? In a previous episode, I, I talked about the good shepherd who goes out in search of the sheep that is lost, finds it, places the sheep on his shoulders and brings it back to the pasture with the other 99. And Luke's gospel tells us there's more rejoicing in heaven over one repentant sinner than over 99 who did not need repentance. And for those of us who pray the breviary, the Liturgy of the Hours, we're in volume two now of the four volume set for the season of Lent. And we'll continue using it for the season of Easter as well. But I came across a very, I believe, moving meditation by St. Asterius on this parable of the Good Shepherd. For those of you who want to look it up in your breviaries, it's on page 123-124. And St. Asterius says the following. I think it really ties into this discussion about, you know, is there hope for Judas? In the form of a parable we see a shepherd who had a hundred sheep. When one of them was separated from the flock and lost its way, that shepherd did not remain with the sheep who kept together at pasture. No, he went off to look for the stray. He crossed many valleys and thickets. He climbed great and towering mountains. He spent much time and labor in wandering through solitary places until at last he found his sheep. When he found it, he did not chastise it. He did not use rough blows to drive it back, but gently placed it on his shoulders and carried it back to the flock. He took greater joy in this one sheep lost and found than in all the others. This teaches us that we should not look on men as lost or beyond hope. We should not abandon them when they are in danger or be slow to come to their help. When they turn away from the right path and wander, we must lead them back and rejoice at their return, welcoming them back into the company of those who lead good and holy lives. In his office at the Vatican, Pope Francis has a picture of the Good Shepherd of Vézelay. I'll put the title down below on the screen here. The Good Shepherd of Vézelay in the Church of St. Mary Magdalene in France. The Church of St. Mary Magdalene, named after someone who had her own experience of being liberated, set free from demonic possession, someone who knew firsthand of the mercy, the forgiveness, the tenderness of Jesus, someone who herself who became the first witness of the resurrection. 
And the Church of St. Mary Magdalene in Veselay, France, is a pilgrimage site way back from the Middle Ages of individuals who journey there to have their own experience of the mercy of God. And there is a very interesting capital in the Church of St. Mary Magdalene in Veselay, France. Capital is a carving at the top of a pillar. It's an anonymous carver who did it. And on the, the left side of this capital, this carving, is depicted Judas who has hanged himself. On the left side of the capital, there is a carving of Jesus, the good shepherd, carrying the body of Judas. Jesus, the good shepherd, who went out in search of the one sheep that was lost, placed it on his shoulders, and brought it back to himself. Judas is betrayed smiling. And Pope Francis keeps a picture of this capital carving on his desk to remind him of the mercy of God, how God is very merciful to us, and how he, Pope Francis, is called to be merciful to those who come to uh, visit him. And Pope Francis receives all kinds of different people uh, coming to visit uh, with him. That's a powerful image to consider as we journey again through the Gospel of Luke and consider, you know, the, the person of, of Judas. I don't believe that all is lost. That image certainly challenges me to consider the mercy of God. It stretches my comprehension of, of the mercy of God. Yes, Judas betrayed Jesus, but how many times do we betray Jesus? Peter betrayed Jesus. He did repent much earlier and experience the liberation, the love, the particular look of, of grace that Jesus offered to him. But what about Judas? Is Judas, was Judas so far gone that he was, he was beyond the reach of the mercy of God? Again, I'm not declaring anything. I'm just asking some questions. And really, I'm asking questions of myself, my, again, own comprehension of my own need for the mercy of God and the vast expanse of, of the mercy of, of God. Luke never met Jesus in person. St. Luke wrote his gospel based on the testimony of eyewitnesses, including our Blessed Mother. Luke, like you and like me, had his own experience of Jesus you know, through the sacraments, through his spiritual life, our spiritual life, our, our prayer life, our encounters uh, with the Lord. He was a doctor and so was very much familiar with the human condition, the, the suffering of the human condition. And I think in this way, Luke was very empathetic towards people. He drew from his own experiences. He highlighted the tenderness, the care, uh, the compassion of Jesus, who was the good physician, the divine healer. Uh, Luke himself Again, this, this man who had his experience of, of the Lord and his gospel that contains two principal themes. One, social justice, 
sometimes called the, the gospel of social justice. He was very much uh, advocating uh, the, the role of God's grace in the life of the poor, uh, the marginalized, the forgotten, and that we ourselves are to, uh, to minister to them. Jesus identifies himself with the poor, uh, the lost, and the forgotten. And Luke's gospel is also referred to as the gospel of mercy. There are a number of passages in the gospel of Luke that are unique to his gospel. That again, you don't find them in the other gospels. We have, first of all, uh, Jesus raising from the dead uh, the son of the widow of Nain. You have the woman who bathes Jesus' feet with her own tears. You have the parable of the Good Samaritan. You have the, again, parable of the prodigal son. We have the Pharisee and the tax collector in the temple. The Pharisee says, thank goodness I'm not like these people. And the tax collector says, just have mercy on me, Lord Jesus, a sinner. The encounter Jesus had with Zacchaeus. Jesus' a plea to the Father from the cross, forgive them, they know not what they are doing. And the, the dialogue that Jesus had with the two thieves, the bad thief and the good thief, St. Dismas, uh, crucified on either side of him on the hill of Calvary. And with the exception of the last two, I just wonder, was Judas thinking about those encounters? Would Judas have remembered what Jesus said? Would Judas have remembered what Jesus did with those individuals? And was there in Judas's life, maybe even the last breath of his earthly existence, Jesus have mercy on me? I don't know. I'm just wondering, is there hope for Judas, considering the fact that the church has never declared anyone to definitively be eternally damned. When I was younger, I was involved in equestrian sports, so show jumping, jumping fences with horses, <laughs> dressage, all that stuff, you know. Anyway, and I knew that there was just enough time from when my butt left the saddle to my head hit the ground <laughs> to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner, or some other expletive derivative <laughs> coming out of my mouth involving the mercy of God. Was my, would my contrition be perfect? No, that would be imperfect contrition. Not so much contrition that is generated because of my sorrow for offending God, but more so contrition that generates my, my desire not to go to hell, right? But it was time, and it was sufficient time. And the contrition, even though imperfect, was sufficient. And Jesus would hear that call, would hear that cry. It is uh, sufficient. And the, the depiction of the Good Shepherd of Vasilei gives me consolation, as I've said already. It also challenges me to expand my understanding of the, of the mercy of God. In truth, we have all gone astray like sheep, but the Lord will stop at nothing. 
from searching us out, taking us upon his shoulders, and bringing us back to himself. And so we must never give in to the lie that we are somehow so bad, that we've done something so terrible, or that the particular sin that we struggle with in life is just unique to ourselves. Nobody else has this problem. Just renounce all of that and accept the fact that God's mercy knows no limits. And if we open our heart, and maybe even at the end of this episode, open our heart even just a half an inch more, we experience even more of the grace and mercy and the power and the forgiveness of God. And we just need to testify to our contemporaries of the mercy and the forgiveness of God. If there's any, again, residual Jansenism in us that we're just horrible, terrible creatures, or there's some notion that God is this old guy with the beard ready just to slap us around, they just pray, God, Jesus, just take that away from me. Reveal to me, Jesus, reveal to us, Jesus, the true image of who you actually are and who our Heavenly Father is. We are related to Judas. We all have the same father. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. The same father called into existence and loved Judas. The same Lord called Judas as calls us. And so Judas is our relative. And recently, Pope Francis quoted an Italian priest who gave a homily about Judas back in 1958 on Holy Thursday. And this is what this particular uh, priest, whose name is Don Primo Mazzolari, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Don Primo Mazzolari, I think that's better, Mazzolari, and he wrote, he wrote the following. Poor Judas. Just what went on in his soul, I do not know. He is one of the most mysterious figures in the passion of the Lord. Have some mercy on our poor brother, Judas. Do not feel ashamed about the fact that you are related to him. I am conscious of how many times I have betrayed the Lord. That's another sentence to ponder about. I am conscious of how many times I have betrayed the Lord. The apostles became the Lord's friends. It doesn't matter whether they are good or bad, generous or not, faithful or not, they are still friends. We cannot betray Christ's friendship. Christ never betrays us, his friends. Even when we do not deserve it, even when we turn against him, even when we reject him, in his eyes and in his heart, we will always be his friends. Judas is a friend of the Lord. Even when he consummates the betrayal of his master with a kiss. I cannot fathom Judas's poor heart not being touched by God's mercy. 
perhaps at the last minute, Judas may have felt that the Lord still loved him and was receiving him along with all the other people in the world beyond. Perhaps the first apostle to enter alongside the two thieves. Although some may see this procession as a dishonor to the Son of God, it shows the greatness of his mercy. Is there hope for Judas? We rejoice in the fact that there is hope for us. Important lesson for us today, do not beat yourself up. We do not beat ourselves up for our past mistakes and our failures. Do not let the voice of the devil convince us that we have done something so terrible, so bad, as to be so lost, so beyond the reach of the mercy of God. When the son returned home, the father welcomed him back. No questions asked. Just so happy to have him back with him at home. God does not hold our past against us. Why do we hold our past against us? What is the Lord? How is the Lord? Where is the Lord at work and moving in your life and in mine today? How is he revealing himself to us? His infinite mercy and love. And will I take this opportunity right now to open my heart even more to the mercy of God? I think we will. That's why we're here. So let's pray. So Lord Jesus, we do thank you for the gift of this time. We thank you, Jesus, for this technology by which your word, your truth, Lord, can come into our homes, come into our hearts, come into our lives, Lord. Pray, Lord Jesus, for each person either watching right now or listening on the podcast, that this truth of your mercy, Lord, would just permeate our hearts. Lord Jesus, give us the humility to accept that there are times when we have betrayed you. But also, Lord Jesus, give us the consolation, the conviction, Lord, of the incredible love and mercy that you have for each of us. Lord Jesus, we just renounce any way in which we have allowed the evil one to speak lies to us. Lies that you are so distant, so uninvolved, as to leave us all by ourselves. The lie that we have been abandoned. The lie, Lord, that nobody is going to come in search of us. We want to root ourselves, Jesus, in the truth that you are indeed the good shepherd. That you leave the 99 and you come in search of the lost. That you come in search of us. That you come in search of me, Jesus. 
Help me, Jesus, to always make this personal. You come in search of me. And you will come, Lord Jesus, wherever I find myself. No place, Lord Jesus, is beyond your reach. No sin, Lord Jesus, is so great that you would not forgive it. Lord Jesus, we open our hearts now to receive a fresh and new outpouring of your Holy Spirit, our advocate who pleads our cause, who brings us to a place of conviction of our sinfulness and also of the generosity of your love. May we never hesitate, Lord, to return to you. We do pray, Lord Jesus, for those who have wandered off, and we ourselves, Lord, have wandered off physically, emotionally, spiritually. We pray, Lord Jesus, for those brothers and sisters of ours who are right now, Lord, caught in a thicket, fallen over the side, stuck somewhere, Lord Jesus, and they're calling out, Lord, that you would hear their voice, Jesus, and go off in search of them. Help us, Jesus. Help us to be women and men who hear their voice as well. And by our own words, our love and our example would lead them back to you. We pray, Jesus, for that one person listening here today who's been away from you in confession for a very long time. That you would, in your love and mercy, Lord, speak gently to their heart. Bring them back to yourself. Bring them to your sacrament, Lord. Make it possible, Lord, for them to encounter you. That you'd already go before them, Lord, in that ministry that you have given to your priests to forgive sin. That in that experience, Lord, this brother, this sister of ours would experience the profound freedom, love, and peace that you have for them and for all of us. We continue, Lord Jesus, to pray in thanksgiving that you did die on the cross to save us. The stone is rolled away, the tomb is empty, the gates of heaven are open. We pray, Lord Jesus, for peace in the Ukraine. Repose the souls of all those who have died, all those who have been displaced, Lord. Help us, Jesus, to be generous in our response to those who are in desperate need. Pray, Lord Jesus, for peace in the world, beginning with peace in our own hearts, the softening of hard hearts. Massage our hearts, Jesus, and bring us to a place of freedom and forgiveness and grace. Mother Mary and St. Joseph and St. John Vianney, patron saint of parish priests, confessors, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, well, there you go. God bless you. I didn't even have much of a chance to even drink my coffee here, but I do have it here. Anyway, in the meantime, God bless your day. I am still trying to get a thousand subscribers by the time I celebrate my priest anniversary on the 14th of May. So if you're new to the channel, please subscribe. I'd very much appreciate that. Let's continue to pray for each other. Stay caffeinated. And remember that when we're powerless, that's when we're strong. And victory is indeed gained through surrender. Bye-bye.